The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Tries to make his way across midfield. Has a couple of blockers. Look at this. Kyle Grunewag. Touchdown. No flags. Iowa strikes first in the second half. A 60-yard punt return for Kyle Grunewag. His first of the year. And special teams why the Hawkeyes have outplayed Illinois in every phase. So we've seen a special teams touchdown, a defensive touchdown, and several offensive touchdowns here for Iowa. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the football show from Hawkeye's Mike. This is our special Black Friday week Reporter's Notebook podcast featuring both Scott Docterman and Steve Batterson who reflect on the Iowa-Illinois game and preview this Friday's Iowa-Nebraska battle for the Heroes Trophy. And you'll hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz and Nebraska's Scott Frost. This Hawkeye's Mike podcast is one in a series of our weekly programs which include sports reporter Scott Docterman of The Athletic and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, former Iowa kicker Ron Colusi, and our own Tyler Chumeland and Jack Bransgard. The Hawkeyes Illini game highlights are courtesy of BTN with announcers Lisa Byington and Jay Lehman. We very much appreciate it and thank them. Stanley on the play action will turn and fire. Pass connects. Touchdown number two. T.J. Hawkinson. Brian Ferentz is on fire as a play caller right now. Brian Ferentz on fire. So is his quarterback, Nate Stanley. 11 of 15. 171 yards passing. Three TDs. And he likes that one and that score in particular. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. (laughs) How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer, protects your hands all day. Stays on up to 10 washings, moisturizes, alcohol-free, and safe for the kids. So go ahead, touch anything and everything. Ew, a toilet. Prefins, keep your hands germ-free all day. The punt is blocked, and Iowa chasing it down. Another scoop. And pushed out of bounds. Epineza got a piece of it. And that was Nick Neiman coming up with the fumble. Epineza is a guy that has been extremely active the last three or four plays. Had the fumble recovery, had a sack. And what happened was they kept punt safe on the field. That means you keep your first team on first team defense on the field. So now DeGroote's matched up on Epineza. And he just bull rushes him back to the punter, able to get the block. The Iowa Hawkeyes close out the regular season by hosting Nebraska on Black Friday in the annual battle for the Heroes Trophy. Iowa comes into this game on the heels of a 63-0 domination at Illinois and has improved to 7-4 overall and 4-4 in the Big Ten. Nebraska will not play in a bowl game this year, regardless of Friday's outcome. The Cornhuskers are 4-7 overall, 3-5 in conference play. Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz is the dean of college football coaches. The winning
finest coach in Iowa history and just one of five Big Ten coaches in history to win at least 150 games as a member of the conference. Ferentz is in his 20th year at Iowa with a record of 150 and 101. Nebraska head coach Scott Frost is completing his first year in Lincoln with a record of 4 and 7. His overall record in three years as a college head coach, 23 and 14. The Cornhuskers' losses in Big Ten play this year have been to Michigan, Purdue, Wisconsin, Northwestern, and Ohio State. Their wins have come against Minnesota, Illinois, and Michigan State. While Nebraska leads this series overall 29-16-3, and Iowa has won three straight and four of the last five. The Hawkeyes won the last meeting in Iowa City 40-10 in 2016. The Huskers' last win at Kinnick was 37-34 in overtime in 2014. Nebraska is 10-7 and in games played in Iowa City. The Heroes Trophy game was established in 2011, and since then, the Hawkeyes lead the series 4-3. Iowa is 2-1 so far this season in rivalry trophy games. It defeated Iowa State for the Cy Hawk Trophy, lost to Wisconsin for the Heartland Trophy, and retained Floyd of Rosedale against Minnesota. The Hawkeyes are 12-3 in their last 15 trophy games, with three of those losses coming at the hands of the Badgers. Friday will be Senior Day at Kinnick Stadium. It's a small senior class for the Hawkeyes, but has been relatively successful with an overall record of 35-16 and and a 20-7 and mark at Kinnick. It's 22-12 and in Big Ten games. The 14 seniors will be recognized in pregame ceremonies. After the win at Illinois, the Hawkeyes have surrendered just 13 quarterback sacks over the course of the entire season. That's the fewest in the conference. Conversely, Iowa is tied for second in the Big Ten with 31 sacks, led by defensive end A.J. Epinesa's 8.5, followed by Anthony Nelson with 7.5. Nebraska is closing out its regular season on Black Friday for the 29th consecutive year. Kickoff Friday is set for 11.05 a.m. The game will be televised on Fox with announcers Brian Custer, Ben Lieber, and Jen Hale. As is usually the case, the game will be broadcast on the Hawkeye Radio Network with announcers Gary Dolphin, Ed Podolak, and Rob Brooks. It will also be available on Satellite Radio, XM Channel 83, and Sirius Channel 83. All right, I'm out of here. Uh, I hear that asteroids machine call my name from the game room, so peace. Stanley with all kinds of time to throw pass connect to Hawkinson. Hawks are rolling. Another Iowa touchdown. Well, Brian Ferentz said they had this play, and this is called the tight end throwback. I like to call it the possum play. That means Hawkinson acts like he's not going out for a round. Oh, I'm blocking, I'm blocking. Then he slips out the back end for a nice little pitch and catch. Oh, what a second quarter start for Kurt Ferentz and the Hawks. 21 points to start the second quarter. Visit HawkeyesMike.com and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Medium and Twitter. 
Let's hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game. First up, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz assesses this year's improving Nebraska team. First and foremost, uh, Friday is senior day for 14 uh, tremendous young people, and uh, it's a smaller senior class, but I think each and every one of these guys have really brought uh, a lot of good things to our football team. And, you know, it's uh, it's always interesting. Every guy's got a different story. You know, some guys' careers go just as you hope. Other guys uh, face injuries, face different challenges. So, you know, it's, it's a wide range every year. But I think the uh, common denominator with all 14 of these players, they've all been great uh, team members. They've all brought, brought strong leadership to our football team, and, and especially when uh, we're going through difficult times. And that, that's when it really counts. So, you know, just uh, really happy for all of them. Uh, they've all supported our football team, and uh, certainly they've all left their jerseys in a better place. And just uh, we're, we're thrilled to have them with us, and hopefully we can send them out on a really positive note. I know that'd be a really special uh, twist to an already important game for us. Uh, this is a unique week. Uh, certainly, you know, our, where our guys are not in class, so that's a little bit different. Uh, it's a shorter week of preparation, and they've got a few things they're getting caught up on rest and, and uh, academic work, that type of deal. But primarily our focus is on, on Nebraska. I think it's uh, certainly true with our players, and I know it's true with the staff. So just moving forward here, you know, despite what you might have read, th- this game is extremely important to us. It's got a, a lot of weight, a lot of value, and, uh, you know, we're, we're giving it our utmost intention. Hopefully we'll have great great preparation all week long. Uh, you look at Nebraska, they're a team that's really riding high right now, playing with really good momentum. Uh, I think like any any new staff, a team with a new staff, you know, teams go through transitional periods. And, and you could see that early uh, with their play. But I think if you look at the last half of the season, your team, the CN team has really come together. They've gelled and they're, they're playing really good football right now. So uh, if you look at them offensively, certainly the quarterback's a dynamic player. A guy that's a game changer, uh, does a lot of things that are very dangerous and uh, you know, makes him a very dangerous player. Got two outstanding backs. Uh, the one, the main guy's a real strong runner, really tough, strong runner, and the other guy's uh, extremely fast. Got a veteran offensive line, a lot of good size up there, and those guys do a good job. Tight ends the same way, and then they've got very explosive receivers. And defensively, you know, they uh, they've been improving weekly, and certainly played their best game of the year last Saturday. You know, very impressive uh, showing against Michigan State. So again, it's a really short week. We've got to make sure our plan's concise. And I think the biggest thing is it's more about mental preparation and anything else right now at this time of year. I think that's always true in the latter uh, third of the season. You know, that's really what it gets down to is how how well a team can pre- prepare mentally and you know be ready to go. So that's our goal right now. We know we got a tough challenge on Friday, but we're uh, certainly looking forward to being back in Kinnick and uh, being in front of our great fans. Next, we hear from Nebraska head coach Scott Frost, who talks about this year's Iowa team. We played a really good defense Saturday. I uh, can't stress that enough, how much respect I have for those guys and how, how they make it hard on you. Uh, that was a tough day to play offense. Made it even tougher by the, the defense that we were playing. Uh, this team that we're playing on set on Friday is similar. Big and physical up front. They know what they're doing. They're sound. we got a challenge in front of us again. And uh, hopefully the weather will complicate a little better and we'll be able to be a little more balanced. But uh, these guys are statistically across the board about as good as the team we played Saturday. So it's a good team we're playing. Anytime you're in a system for as long as those two teams have been doing what they're doing, uh, every kid in your program knows what they're doing. Every kid knows their responsibilities. Every kid's been in the same deal for their entire career, the same strength and conditioning around the same coaches. Those reps and that experience and that work adds up. You know, th- those coaches all on both those teams do a great job. And by the time kids are out there playing for them, uh, they're big, strong guys that know what they're doing. And you see that in Michigan State's team. You see that in Iowa's team. 
Certainly watched them enough to know that they're really good on offense. Uh, been impressed with, uh, you know, I think they're more multiple than they used to be. Uh, do a good job throwing it, mixing it up with formations, and then they got guys that can hurt you. Uh, the two tight ends are as good as there is in this league. Um, watching them as we've been preparing for other people. Uh, both those guys are great players, can really run, can do everything you ask a tight end to do. So we'll have an eye on them. I know Kirk pretty well, uh, mostly from my time at Northern Iowa. Uh, we'd be around the Iowa staff quite a bit, and uh, he's one of the good guys in the sport. Sustained success is impressive, but you still don't get to 150 unless you're a little bit old. So I'll make sure and remind him of that when I see him. This game's important. All the games have been important. Rivalry games, I've said this a bunch, they're kind of for the fans more than the players. We have to prepare like we're playing anybody else. Yeah, I got a lot of respect for their coaching staff and their program, so there's not any animosity or hatred uh, between the coaches. I know the fans probably argue and don't like each other, but they, they run a good program. We're trying to run one here. We're going to prepare just like it's any other game, and the big part is we got a bunch of momentum going right now, and it'd be great to cap the thing off with another good game. Selects to throw, and another interception. Hooker has it. His fourth of the year, and Amani Hooker's still on his feet. He's going to get a block. Pushed out at about the 20-yard line. Hooker showing his safety skills at the linebacker position. Actually playing a nickelback, and I don't think Bush ever sees Hooker at all underneath as he's throwing for Mace. So he gets the pick, then gets to the sideline. Vanessa threw a huge block to spring him for another 20 yards in the return. Time now for our two reporters' notebook features this week with both Scott Docterman and Steve Batterson. First up, Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. Steve reflects on the Iowa-Illinois game, and he previews the matchup in this Friday's game between Iowa's defense and Nebraska's offense, plus the special teams. Well, Iowa certainly had a, uh, a chance to kind of right the ship last week against a, a hapless Illinois team that uh, happened to be standing in the way of, a, of an angry Hawkeye football team that uh, took out its frustrations from three straight losses with a, a dominating 63 to nothing win. Uh, the worst defeat Illinois has ever suffered at Memorial Stadium in 95 years and uh, the biggest margin of victory for Iowa in, in, in a border rivalry that is, is filled with a lot of lopsided games. Traditionally, Iowa-Illinois matchups have not been close over time, and uh, certainly wasn't the case Saturday. Iowa very uh, effective on both sides of the ball. Uh, got the running game going. It was only the third time this season that Iowa's actually run for more yards than it is thrown for in a game. Makai Sargent finally gets over that 100-yard hump with a 121-yard performance. Uh, Noah Fant was found again in the offense, found the end zone as well. His first touchdown catch since uh, the Indiana game. Illinois' uh, you know, man-to-man coverage certainly opened some opportunities for, for Fant and TJ Hawkinson to become a little more involved as the tight ends. And, and we saw that uh, play out uh, very effectively on, on a kind of a miserably cold day that uh, it was kind of a good day for defensive football and, and Iowa's defense certainly came through. They uh, took advantage of the fact that Illinois' 1,000-yard uh, rusher, Reggie Corbin, really wasn't uh, healthy at all. He carried once and caught one pass and, 
and that was it before he was helped off the field. And, and uh, when you're running offense as the Illini offense is, that's that's not a good situation. And, and Iowa certainly took advantage with uh, with its second shutout of the season in, in Big Ten play, which uh, was a first since uh, 1997. And uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, a wonderful uh, situation to, to kind of cure all ills. Uh, A.J. Epinesa, uh, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, uh, sharing those honors following just a dominant defensive performance. Uh, he had a, a two-minute and ten-second stretch that uh, that would make any defender proud in terms of uh, forcing and recovering a fumble, returning it 19 yards for a score, uh, recording a sack on, on the next snap, and then blocking a punt three snaps later. So it was it was a good all-around day for the Hawkeyes. Kind of a feel-good situation, which uh, sets the tone up for this week's game against Nebraska. Iowa's defense will have a have a challenge on its hands this week against the Cornhuskers. Uh, Nebraska has been moving the football. It's it's led to four wins in their last five games after that uh, horrible 0-6 start. And, uh, you know, one of the things that a lot of their players are talking about this week is, is what it would mean to finish the season with five wins in the last six games, given where they, they've come from. And, you know, certainly uh, Nebraska has one of the uh, top freshman playmakers in the Big Ten, and Adrian Martinez, a rookie quarterback who, you know, enters the game with 23-57 on the passing yards. He's, he's completed 64% of his passes this season and is making an offense go that uh, it is the second best in the Big Ten in terms of statistics and uh, he's uh, you know they're averaging 461 yards per game and, and it's uh, a lot of it has to do with his ability to uh, slip into that offense pretty quickly and, and uh, get things going. Certainly uh, one of the better receivers in the league in, in Stanley Morgan. Uh, he's approaching uh, Nebraska's career uh, receiving yardage record. He needs 24 yards against Iowa this week to set it. Kenny Bell is, is their record holder right now. Morgan became their uh, career receptions leader last week in, in the Michigan State game. So it's an offense that has uh, kind of found its way. Uh, it's given uh, Nebraska a chance to uh, to be in a lot of games, especially it's progressed uh, later on in the season. They uh, put you know 31 on the board against Ohio State in a loss, uh, and, and certainly uh, uh, you know 54 against Illinois the week before, before having to uh, kind of grind one out last week against Michigan State, uh, a 9-6 game that uh, settled on three field goals in the fourth quarter. And, you know, certainly uh, this is a, a, a Nebraska team, I think, that uh, has grown throughout the course of the season and, and has positioned, positioned itself well for, for what may lie ahead uh, with Scott Frost at the controls. Certainly uh, it wouldn't be a Nebraska football team without the ability to run the football. And, and uh, you know, the Huskers are averaging 215 yards per game on the ground. And Divine is Ozigbu is uh, leading the way again. He's uh, just under uh, 94 yards per game rushing. He averages 7.1 yards per carry. And, and Martinez is their second leading rusher. So the quarterback is a, another dual threat uh, situation for Iowa to deal with. And he's averaging a little over 55 yards per game on the ground. So it, it'll be another test uh, for this Hawkeye defense. And, and certainly uh, Iowa coming off of a shutout, I think, is, is going to be in a position where it uh, should have an opportunity to uh, to test itself again. The Huskers expect another physical uh, type matchup. They're coming
coming off of a game with Michigan State, a very similarly built team, and uh, it will be a test for, for Nebraska's offense and uh, to measure itself, and certainly will be another test for Iowa's defense against a pretty high-octane offense. But when you look at that, and if you're looking for an edge on this one, you know, I would suspect that Iowa's defense probably does have an edge in terms of, of experience, uh, certainly in production. Uh, what uh, Phil Parker's team has done in, in recent weeks uh, has been fairly solid and fairly consistent, and, and uh, I would suspect that this game is going to be more similar to the uh, to the 9-6-4 that Nebraska dealt with last week as opposed to uh, the uh, you know 54-35 score. It, it dealt with the pre previous week against uh, Illinois. So uh, I would think that the Hawkeyes should have an edge defensively, but they will be tested. There's no doubt about that. It's a, it's a deep group of receivers. It's a, it's a strong-armed young quarterback who has only thrown seven interceptions and he's thrown 15 touchdown passes and in 309 attempts this season. And, and for a rookie kid in the Big Ten, that's, that's uh, a pretty good step forward. So it'll be a, it'll be a test, as, as everyone might expect. And, and uh, certainly, uh, I, I think the days of Iowa blowing out the Huskers. Uh, they departed when uh, when Mike Riley exited as well. So special teams wise, uh, certainly a, a situation last week where Iowa was able to to make some plays on special teams. The punt block by AJ Epinesa was uh, certainly uh, you know a, a game changer. Uh, uh, the uh, fact that Kyle Gronaweg was able to uh, to return a punt 61 yards for a touchdown uh, finally uh, uh, a return that made some some uh, some noise as opposed to just solid yardage, which, you know, we've come to expect, and, and certainly I think that uh, is something that uh, will be needed again against uh, against the Huskers. And Nebraska's, uh, you know, kicking game, uh, it was the difference last week. Uh, Barrett Pickering was uh, named the uh, co-Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. He kicked three field goals in, in that game. He is only one for four from beyond 40 yards, and the season long is, is 47. So, you know, it's, a, it's an offense that has been able to move the ball and give him a chance to compete. He's he's 12 of 16 on the season, and and uh, certainly I think uh, a situation where uh, they rely pretty pretty well on him. Their punters is uh, they've had a couple of guys that uh, that have been after it, and, and they're both averaging over 40 yards per punt. Isaac Armstrong at 44.2, and and Caleb Leitenbaum at 41.6. They've split uh, 53 punts fairly evenly throughout the course of the season, and it's uh, it's a situation I think where uh, Iowa will be tested. In, in that part of the game as well, and I think that uh, it's it's a matchup where the Hawkeyes uh, will will be a fairly even matchup with uh, if they can get some consistency out of the out of the punting situation. You know, certainly uh, Colton Rastatter showed some improvement last week on, on a less than perfect day in Champaign, averaging uh, 38.8 yards uh, per punt on four attempts, and we did see Nate Stanley get uh, get a punt off as well for 36 yards uh, on a fourth down play that uh, certainly uh, left the Illini in some less than ideal field position. So, uh, you know, the Hawkeyes will need a, a solid day from, from the punter. And, uh, you know, if Colton uh, performs as we've seen earlier in the season, Iowa should have uh, an opportunity there to make some hay if, if it is more like what we've seen uh, over maybe three of the past four weeks. Uh, it could be a struggle-filled situation. 
reach out to Young, who's in for the score and another Iowa touchdown. Tough play to stop on the goal line. They call it the belly pitch because they're going to fake the belly play to the fullback. They're going to pitch it to Torn Young, and 74 Tristan Worf's going to get the key block on Delshawn Phillips. He'll fake it to the fullback, little pitch with the left hand to Young. He goes up and over for the tutty. Everything's working for Brian Ferentz and his play calling today. 48-0 Hawks. Next, we hear from Scott Docterman. You can read Scott's articles online at theathletic.com slash team slash Iowa dash Hawkeyes. You can also follow Scott on Twitter at Scott Docterman. Scott reflects on the Hawkeyes-Illini game, and he previews the matchup in this Friday's game between Iowa's offense and Nebraska's defense, plus some Big Ten talk. Boy, that Illinois-Iowa game was something else. Um, I thought Iowa would win and probably win convincingly. I think I had it somewhere in the neighborhood of 45 to 20. But Illinois has a pretty good running attack, so I thought, well, they're going to kind of gouge Iowa from time to time. But that certainly did not materialize. I mean, Iowa was able to dominate the game, capitalize on some mistakes uh, made by Illinois, and then just keep grinding on them. And and I think that was uh, that was really important for Iowa. Now, you know, the they gained, uh, you know, 100. 149 yards rushing um, Illinois, which was, you know, more than 100 off of what they usually do a game. And then just the way Iowa was able to be balanced on offense, uh, you know, be able to run and pass. Uh, finally got a 100-yard rusher in Mekhi Sargent. He's the guy now. Um, he's going to be the starter. And I, I like what he brings. He's not flashy. He doesn't have anything, you know, close to what an Akram Wadley or, or can bring. But he's more like an Adam Robinson. He's steady. He's tough. He's physical. Gets the tough yards. But he also can make plays so I think he's been good you know obviously getting the the tight ends back in the flow of things on offense was essential uh, Iowa went you know 73 percent of their plays had at least two tight ends or more uh, so I think that was really important for the Hawkeyes and then of course I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what AJ Epineza did uh, you know that was one of the more dominating performances by a defender that I've ever seen um, you know and he had a in a five play sequence he had three major plays you know he uh, he you know had a strip sack for a touchdown and then he had a uh, where you know the strip I guess on the ball carrier for and then return it for a score then he had a sack and then he blocked a punt that led to a touchdown so uh, and he finished with three and a half tackles for loss he was all over the place it was really impressive and so and I think the defense as a whole was pretty impressive too um, Illinois is not a good team uh, how Illinois won four games I'll never know uh, without watching the tape and wondering how especially against Minnesota I just don't get that one but but that said you know 63 to nothing it's nothing to sneeze at. It handed Illinois. It's uh, tied for its worst loss in school history. The last time they got beat 63 to nothing was by Chicago in 1906. And we know what happened to San Francisco after that. So at any rate, uh, so I, I thought that was a good good game for Iowa, a good way to, to kind of take out their frustration. When you look at Iowa's offense against the Nebraska defense, I think in this case, it's really about Iowa in this. And it's, and it's, it's about how does Iowa perform? Form. Can Nate Stanley play to the level that we've seen of him in certain games, uh, you know, last week or the way he played against Purdue or, or Minnesota or Indiana? Or will he really fall apart the way he did against Penn State or Iowa State for most of the game or, or you know, Northern Illinois? And if he can play consistently and Iowa can run the ball fairly decently, which I think they'll be able to, uh, 
then I, I think Iowa's offense will be fine against uh, Nebraska's uh, defense. I mean, Nebraska's ranked 12th in the Big Ten in scoring defense, total defense, rush defense, and pass defense. All four, 12th. This is a program that allows, you know, 430-plus yards a game and 31 points a game. So to me, it, it's not a you know far-fetched for Iowa to get and move the ball and, and do some good things, you know, and, and drives and, and pass it effectively. And I like the what they did with the tight ends with T.J. Hawkinson and, and Noah Fant both getting involved early. Fant uh, and Hawkinson were involved in 24 to the first 25 plays against uh, against uh, Illinois. So I think if you're going to get those players out on the field and they make plays, they're they're pretty much weapons because then that opens up the field for the other wide receivers, the running game, and Nebraska to its credit played very well last week against uh, you know Michigan State, but that was kind of a hampered Michigan State squad, and they're going to be on the road this time around, and they're going to be playing a team that's that's better than Michigan State. So I think this is going to be a, a challenge for Nebraska to keep up, unless Nate Stanley turns over the ball, unless he can't find the open receivers and, and struggles. Um, then then yeah, it could be an issue. But frankly, I, I just think this is more about Iowa. If Iowa does what it needs to do, Nebraska is maybe able to slow it down but not completely stop it Iowa should be able to score Iowa you know on third down is the best passing team in the country 1,004 yards on third down you know no no team in the country has more uh, passes of 15 plus yards with Iowa at 26 I mean it's just really impressive whereas uh, Nebraska on the other side is is the worst one of the worst so I I think Iowa if it gets in third and long situations it doesn't panic it finds openings and it has the receivers to do so so I I like Iowa in in that scenario, and I just don't think that Nebraska has a chance to really keep up without Nate Stanley struggling. Regarding the Big Ten, I mean, it's it's really about one game this week, and that's Michigan and at Ohio State. I just I wonder, you know, can Ohio State? I they'll be the Buckeyes will be motivated. The Buckeyes will have every reason to win this game, but do they have the personnel to do it? Do they have the toughness? I mean, Michigan has kind of been on a rampaging tour of of destruction, especially. Uh, when they're playing against uh, you know teams that beat them the year before, and, and Ohio State is you know at the top of their list every year anyway, and then now you got the Big Ten East at stake, you got potential for a playoff bid at stake, and then most importantly just the rivalry itself. And as much as you know, I, I like you know Ohio State better than the way they've performed. And the defensively they're not very good, but offensively they got some fireworks. I just think Michigan's too good, too balanced on both sides of the ball. They're too committed. They, it's on the road. It's in Columbus. They never win there, but I think this might be that year. And then as far as the other games go, I kind of like this as a as a rivalry week anyway. Um, Indiana and Purdue, winner goes to a bowl game, loser doesn't. So that's got a, that's got a lot at stake there. You know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, is this the year that the Gophers finally get the axe? And if they do, will this mean that they, uh, you know, that they'll go to a bowl game if they do? So they stay home if they don't. So there's, there's some pride at stake. Uh, you know, Minnesota has never beaten Wisconsin in in the uh, Twitter era. <laughs> so maybe they'll finally be able to tweet Gophers claim the axe. You know, Illinois is dead team walking, so they're going to get shelled against Northwestern. The, you know, the out east, the, the interesting scenarios of Maryland and, and Penn State. Uh, Maryland has a chance to go to a bowl game, and I think they'll compete with Penn State, but I don't know if that can win. Likewise, Michigan State will should beat Rutgers, but Rutgers is hanging in there with some decent teams, and the way Michigan State played last week, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they go down but and then finally you know we've, we've got iowa nebraska in our backyard 
Sargent making his way to the end zone, and Iowa touchdown. 29 yards, Mikai Sargent. This is the second team offensive line. Landon Paulson, you'll see pull around here, big 68. Blocks Delshawn Phillips, cuts his legs out from underneath him. Mikai Sargent gets those legs up. A nice long touchdown for the Hawkeyes. Iowa has now surpassed the 50-point mark in Champaign. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low-slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. You you can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 Now it's time for Steve and Scott to make their predictions for the Iowa-Nebraska Black Friday Battle for the Heroes Trophy. You know, John, when I when I look at this game, Iowa is the better team here. And if Iowa was entering this game on a losing streak, it might be tough for them to, to get up for this game. You know, say it was what they just experienced and then they're playing at home against a, you know, a team that was fired up like a Nebraska. Then I could see that, you know, everything dragging. But from but I think we saw that this is this is a team that's that handles itself well. It's professional at times and it, and it, and it has its own motivation. I mean, there's a difference between seven and four, there's seven and five and eight and four. I mean, really in the tone of its season, it matters a lot. You know, there's a lot, there, there's nothing at stake and there's everything at stake here. I mean, there's bragging rights. It's the way you finish your season that, Hey, you're not that bad of a team. And just a couple of breaks went against you. Uh, you claim a traveling trophy, you claim su- supremacy against Nebraska for four straight years. You kind of halt their enthusiasm, which has been over the top, I think in the last few weeks. Whereas if you're Nebraska, you know, you need to win this game to continue. I mean, to, to finish five and seven for them after an 0-6 start, that's that's pretty impressive in its own right um, to what Scott Frost has done. Their offense is terrific. Their defense has got a long way to go. We saw that last year. In fact, Iowa's won the last two, 96-24. As far as this year goes, I like Iowa to, to continue to win. I think you're going to see a, a, a staunch effort from the Cornhuskers. Uh, they're not going to lay down maybe the way they have the last two years. I think they're going to compete – I think they're going to get some points. Uh, they've got dynamic playmakers on the outside and, and you know, in the running game, quarterback's good. I just don't think that defensively they can do enough to slow down Iowa. So I, I like the Hawkeyes to win and it, it'll be competitive, but I, I think uh, 34-28 and Iowa holds the Heroes Trophy for the fourth straight year and finishes eight and four in regular season play. 
I always had a, a you know, had it had its way with Nebraska the past two years. Uh, it, it certainly, uh, you know, a 56 to 14 game last year in Lincoln. Uh, the Hawkeyes have have handled Nebraska. This is a, this is a different Nebraska team, and I think this game, uh, uh, given the confidence that the Cornhuskers are, are coming into Iowa City with, I think it's going to be a fairly low scoring game. Uh, probably uh, uh, maybe one of the lower scoring games in, in this series in recent years. And, and I do think that uh, uh, if you take a look at it, I think Iowa has a chance. To, to add to its collection of three straight wins in the Heroes game, uh, I do think it's going to be a, a you know a, a 17 to 10 type situation uh, where I was going to have to kind of grind this one out. But they certainly are capable of that. And I think at this point in time, I think the Hawkeyes have the edge over the Cornhuskers by a touchdown in Iowa City. Have a great Thanksgiving. What exactly did you have in mind, Mr. Carlson? <laughs> what do you suppose he's up to? And I think I hear something now. Oh, something just came out of the back. Perhaps a skydiver. No parachutes yet. Oh, my God, they're turkeys. Turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. Thanks for that on-the-spot report, class. I thought it would work. It's pretty strange after that. I really don't know how to describe it. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. He now becomes the fifth coach in conference history and joining some of the biggest names in Big Ten coaching. Bo Schembechler, Joe Paterno, Woody Hayes, Amos Alonzo Stagg. And the biggest win in this series, 63 to nothing. Seconds ticked down and Kurt Ferentz is part officially now of the 150 club. Congrats to the Iowa head coach. It's a guy who's done it right. 150 wins for the Hawkeyes. Does this one in emphatic fashion. Our thanks again to BTN for the Iowa-Illinois game highlights, and thanks as always to Steve Batterson and Scott Docterman. We hope you've enjoyed this program. All Hawkeyes Mike podcasts are available and can be subscribed to on iTunes, Overcast, and other podcasting apps. HawkeyesMike.com, podcasting original programming on Iowa athletics for 12 seasons. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeyes Mike, LLC.